Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. This week, we continue with our series on profitable niches, lots of different great ways to invest in real estate. This week, we'll look at a niche that is exploding because of the undeniable demographics. It's residential assisted living on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Imagine being in the room when some of the smartest experts in the world talk about the future of money and wealth. Now you can. We're bringing together Rich Dad Poor Dad author Robert Kiyosaki, the Creature from Jekyll Island author G. Edward Griffin, Peak Prosperity podcast host and author of The Crash Course, Chris Martinson, plus Peter Schiff, Brian London, Simon Black, and other experts in gold, oil, cryptocurrencies, and real estate to talk about how these all affect you and the future of your money and wealth. When markets change, the prepared profit. If you measure your wealth in U.S. dollars, this is a conference you can't afford to miss. It all happens in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, April 6th and 7th. For details, send an email to future at realestateguysradio.com. The future of money and wealth is changing fast. Are you ready? Email future at realestateguysradio.com. That's future at realestateguysradio.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'm your host, Robert Elms, and with me as usual, it's our financial strategist co-host, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. You know, there's so many different ways to invest in real estate. It's been fun these last couple of weeks talking about different types of real estate. We talked about self-storage as a real estate investment vehicle. We talked about mobile home parks as a way to invest. Today, it's a completely different asset class and maybe not as completely different as you're thinking because it's a single family house that you use for a different purpose. Yeah, you know, real estate is really an investment vehicle that is designed to help you aggregate income streams, efforts of others. People go to work, uh, they generate income and they pay you a portion of it. Uh, they don't have to live in the house themselves to do that. Uh, somebody wants to store their boxes, great, a mobile home park. Well, that obviously caters to an owner occupant, but it, you know, as we discussed, it has some nuances that make it rather interesting. Uh, today's topic is really, really interesting because it leverages a demographic, the baby boomer demographic, and what's going on really all around the world, but especially in the United States. And anybody that studies economics at all has to take into account the baby boomers. You know, the soldiers came back from World War II. They got busy doing what guys who have been out in the field for a while have, you know, liked to do. And we had this big boom of babies coming from, you know, the mid-40s through all the way into the 60s, about 20 years of rabid baby making. And so this giant population of people went through all of the seasons of their life. And every season that they went through created a business opportunity. And so now they're at the season of their life where they're in their, their golden years and they're retiring in droves, five figures a day of people who are retiring. Well, they're not too far away from getting to that place in life where they can't quite live independently anymore. And so the smart ones are picking up insurance policies. The smart ones are training their kids to be very successful business people and savers and investors so that when you get to the point where, you know what? I'm not able to provide for myself anymore. I need someone to help take care of me, but I don't want to live in a, you know, in a, an institution. I don't want to live in a hospital or something like that. I want to live in a home. I don't want to have a social life, even though I'm, you know, 85, 90 years old or whatever it is. And so this, this concept of residential assisted living facilities, residential 
assisted living facilities is a fascinating concept because of the demographics uh, and because of the financial model, because you get a lot more money per property than you would if you were just renting. It's like a border house, I suppose. Imagine a scenario where you have a full house and lots of rent coming in and the people paying the rent actually don't live in the house. Their moms do, their dads do, their relatives do. Right. That's residential assisted living. There's so much to learn about it. In the past, you probably heard Gene Garino on our program. Gene is a guy who teaches and does this very thing. We thought it'd be fun to have not just Gene on the show, but several of his students, folks that found Gene Garino because they listened to the real estate guys, heard Gene, went to one of Gene's classes, and then they went out and did the thing. Yeah, well, even though this is about the asset class, I do think that there is a huge lesson here because we do have people that are just information junk. People that listen and listen and listen and they order all the free reports and that's great. They watch the webinars uh, and they think that somehow that the ideas are going to convert into wealth by osmosis. If I'm just sitting there, uh, you know, it's great that you're interested in seeking out good ideas. But our motto here at The Real Estate Guys has been ever since I've been working with Robert on the show is education for effective action. And so when we decide to do a show, it's designed to be practical, actionable intelligence, ideas and information you can use to actually go out and invest. When we put people into our we call our provider network or our resource network. We look for people that just, you know, we have a lot of people contact the show. Oh, I want to sponsor your show. Well, what do you do? Well, I online gaming. Well, we're not interested in promoting <laughs> no, online gaming. I mean, I don't care if you can write us a check. How does it help a real estate investor build their wealth? That's what this show is about. This is about providing you ideas, information, resources, relationships, everything you need. And so it's so gratifying when we go do a live event like a Secrets of Successful Syndication and we meet somebody and then a year later we meet them and they go, you know what? We came to your event. We wanted to learn about raising money and then we met somebody and then we went out and did some deals, and now here we are a year later, and we're having all this fabulous success. And of course, we have no idea. If you're out there having success because you listen to the show, please do us a favor. Throw us a little breadcrumb of, of news and let us know. Just send us, you know, go onto the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com, click feedback, and say, hey, guys, I took an idea in your book, or I took an idea on your podcast, or somebody I met, and I've had great success. We would love to hear that story because it just, that's why we do this. I mean, that's the whole reason we do this. And when you come tell us your success, stories. We're going to get a few of them today. It makes us feel real good. So today, let's meet people who are actually investing and creating residential assisted living. Today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And if you're serious about learning how to invest in real estate, listen to the Real Estate Guys. They really know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. You've caught us on a great week because we are out on location. We've been talking about for the last few weeks different real estate asset classes. As a real estate investor, we're looking at the various types of properties that might create a return. And this week, we're talking about residential assisted living. And Russ and I are here at the beautiful home created by our guests, uh, Sherry and Rocky, our business partners that uh, are doing the assisted living thing. Thanks for having us out today. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, tell us how you got involved with assisted living and then paint the picture as to where, how you went from education to the effective action that you've obviously taken. So we met Gene at your syndication event a couple years ago in Phoenix here. So we, Sherry and I came here, uh, went to your syndication event to learn more about raising money and trying to find some different asset classes to invest in. 
And we just happened to run into Gene and Mona at the network happy hour after the very first day. And we started talking with Gene and we started to keep on hearing more about senior living. And so we decided to sign up to Gene's class one time. And then on a personal note, um, we both have parents who are going to be entering into this category before too long. And um, ever after having the opportunity to um, take a look at some of the homes in the area, we decided that we could probably do this a little bit better. So the demographics made sense to you personally, and then you saw the opportunity. Now today, you're about to have an open house for the folks who are in this industry that help. So explain that part of it, because people always want to know how does the rubber actually meet the road. So we have, so in this, there's placement agents that the senior, uh, the family members or caseworkers from hospitals, rehab centers, they refer the family members to placement agents. And then these placement agents find out what the family members really want in the home. And then they know where all the homes are, and then they take them around and show them the homes. And then we do personal tours for the families, try to find out what they're wanting and really highlight that part of the home to them to make sure, say, hey, this is what your family members want. This is what we have provided. And then we just and then hopefully they choose our home. Now, b- before we started the recording, you uh, were gracious enough to give us a tour of the property. It's 10 beds here, and it is beautiful. I mean, probably a lot nicer than most people are thinking. Uh, a beautiful single-family home with lots of bedrooms. And this particular home you acquired as an existing assisted living facility. Can you talk about what it was like before and what the difference is now? Well, um, when we came into this property, um, we determined that it did need some updating. And um, we want people that are coming into our home to have it feel like their home. And we want it to be a happy place. And because of the need for updating, we decided to change out the flooring, make it safer, um, make it easier to clean. We changed the lighting and the painting and just tried to make it feel a little bit more up to date, but at the same time, not too modern. Because again, it's people coming from their own homes And we want them to be able to um, use their own space, their own bedrooms. We want them to make it their own personal home. I noticed most of the rooms or many of the rooms have kind of a Jack and Jill bath between. So two residents share a bath, but it's mostly private, right? Just you and maybe one other person. But you've got great common area spaces. And something I wouldn't have thought of that you pointed out when we got here is that you create lots of little places for the, the residents to be able to have friends and family come visit. Yep, absolutely. I think it's important to create an atmosphere where the family's going to feel comfortable here too. Now let's talk about the market. You guys have one existing facility so far and, and that's been up and running a few months. How's that going? It's been going great. Um, the, the need for good quality homes is there. Um, we opened it in November. Through the holidays, it was a little slow because nobody was tasting it, but a lot of people are not trying to make changes with the families during the holidays. But right after the holidays, it's been just nonstop. Um, during the month of February, we had eight new residents placed in that new home to where it was just like nonstop for the whole month of February of just new people coming in. Everybody's just loving the homes that we have. The Everything that we offer, since we do all-inclusive um, with the pricing and all that, where some homes like try to nickel and dime you to death, uh, like, oh, they need this, this, but everything is just one rate. Everything's included. It's one thing that we wanted to offer the families of making sure they had a fixed budget so they didn't have to worry about, okay, getting a hidden bill someplace. Yeah. But the the demand for a good quality of homes is just, since our name has gotten out there, um, just been nonstop. I mean, rehab centers have just been pushing people up over here to us, which has been great that 
being new into the market still, but um, having the name and reputation out there already of the people that we've hired to take care of the homes and uh, the type of homes that we're providing that they're just coming um, right now. So it's it feels really good and it feels like we're doing the right thing. You know, that's this premise in any kind of real estate investing that the first one's the hardest and then it gets a little easier as you go along. And now you're working on number three, is it? Three and four. Three and so, four. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one currently um, in the remodel phase. So I took another existing home. We're converting it into a 10 bed, 10 full bath on each um, one. It's 6,900 square feet home. And so that we're just getting done with framing on that now. So we're going to start doing electrical, mechanical, and plumbing work on the next phase. So we should be done with that in about 90 days. All right. And then we're getting ready to also launch, hopefully in the next 30 days, a ground-up build. Um, Sherry, Patrick, and I sat down and designed a home with our architect, a true assisted living home, of everything that we w- could imagine we would want in an assisted living home. So well, this is great really nice. because <laughs> we've got the, this home, which was already a functioning facility and you've added your touches to it, which is great, and an existing single-family home that you kind of convert for the use and now ground up. So lots of different ways to get involved. I'm sure there's folks that are so interested in this space, like, well, wow, but there's so many questions. If you could go back and talk to, you know, that person, uh, yourself, two years ago, any suggestions? What, What were some of the things that went well for you guys and maybe some things you might change? Well, as you ask that question, the first thing that comes to mind is I think I would focus on finding an existing home in a neighborhood where there is great need. Maybe it's a neighborhood where the family, the kids are now heading off to high school, college, and then kind of as that phase ends, now mom and dad might need some help. And so to find that type of demographics, for us, I think the being able to take an existing home and remodel it has worked better than buying an existing assisted living home. Um, because the reputation of the home goes with the owner, really. And so when the ownership changes, well, then you've got to resell these people on who you are. It would probably be easier um, now that we have got a bit of a reputation that it'll be easier for us to take over other assisted living homes. I just think if I were new to the market, I would start out by creating my um, own business from the ground up first. Great stuff. Now, you know, in Gene's class, he talks about kind of the range of budget that people have, kind of the, the lower to the upper, and he talks about that middle spot. Um, what have you found? What, what kind of price range is your target for a, a guest? So, yeah, Gene focuses on that price range of the middle there, but we've kind of went to the little bit on the upper side of it. So we, we, yeah, play, like we play in the, the upper level four to the level five uh, market. And even now, Gene says, you know, five plus, 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 <laughs> you know, <laughs> in my, when the, on our 96th Street home, uh, because he's just like, yeah, you, there's nothing else around like this. And which is great for us. And we wanted to really make a statement with that home when um, Sherry and I and Patrick um, built it. Yeah. And so we did. And love giving tours of the place. And Gene, uh, Still during his his classes brings them over to our home, so that's nice. So we get to say, and he goes, "This is not everybody, but this is the market that we decide to play in on this side, especially in the Scottsdale area here, um, to where we can we know where the the clientele and the demographics do have the uh, means to pay for it at the hub." But different markets, we will have to adjust, you know, what price level we want to, depending on the market that we're going into. So let's take a little bit of a turn about looking at you guys as a case study. You've got some homes, you, you're working. Now that you've seen what you can do and you've got some success, you've got some residents, 
What's kind of your bigger vision? How much of this would you do? Is it all going to be here in Phoenix? Are you looking at other marketplaces? What do you think? Yeah, we're going to try to have at least 20 homes in the metro area here before we start branching out to other states. Um, We set up um, everything to where we can go to different states, be able to operate that stuff. So we're really focused on 20 here and get a good foundation underneath of us and then start launching into other markets and other states that have the demographics and needs that still suit what we're doing. Yeah. So we want probably a good, you know, couple hundred homes in the next, you know, five to 10 years. Well, you know, this is uh, one of the top two states people retire to. So good choice there. And uh, how much efficiency economies of scale are there in more than one home? I know you had a caregiver that was in this home that you moved to the other home. And how much of that are you going to be able to do? Well, what the efficiency is, is really buying in bulk of food, um, supplies, and everything like that. The caregivers and managers, we have one manager for every two homes, but we do operate, our ratio is the same for every home. So every five residents, we have a caregiver. So during the wake time. So no matter what, the staffing is not going to change uh, really from home to home. That's going to have the same amount of people just because that's how much the ratio that we want to run at and to provide the level of service. Where we're really going to be able to do is just all the supplies of buying in bulk and then just sending it to all the homes from the the depends to the hand towels to the cleaners and everything like that we need to buy in food in bulk and be able to just disseminate it amongst the homes and stuff like that. So that's where you really get the benefit of having more than just one home. Well, you guys have done an amazing job. It's beautiful. I can imagine the residents are going to enjoy the time that they spend here. And we sure appreciate uh, the time we spent with you. Thanks and uh, continued success. Thank Thank you. you. Appreciate it. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. We're talking this week about residential assisted living. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. All aboard, a few cabins remain for the Real Estate Guys 16th Annual Investor Summit. Imagine spending an entire week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals. Returning this year are sales legend Tom Hopkins, the authors of Prosper, Chris Martinson and Adam Taggart, sovereign man Simon Black, editor of the Gold Newsletter Brian London, and the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, G. Edward Griffin. Plus, joining us for a sixth Investor Summit, Peter Schiff, and back once again, Robert and Kim Kiyosaki. It all begins April 6th in Fort Lauderdale. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click the tab that says Summit to learn more and reserve your spot. But you better hurry. This transformational week is like no conference you've ever attended. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit and make plans to spend a week with the Real Estate Guys, Robert and Kim Kiyosaki, and an all-star faculty on the 16th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe, CEO of Paradigm Life. Wall Street and banks spend billions of dollars per year in advertising with the goal to convince you that they are the solution. But take a look around. None of their advice has worked. If you're listening to this, odds are pretty good that you're already a real estate investor or at least becoming one. So why do you do it? Is it to hedge inflation, the tax benefits, or maybe it's to get your money away from Wall Street? It's because of these benefits and so many more that I created the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. When you combine successful real estate investing with the Perpetual Wealth Strategy, you have the recipe for what has helped the wealthy to establish their financial well-being for decades. 
You can download the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy today by clicking the Resources tab on the Real Estate Guys Radio homepage. Don't wait. Go download it now. Hey, it's Ken McElroy. I listen to the Real Estate Guys and so should you. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. We're talking today about student success stories when people actually learn and go do the thing. We call it evidence of success. A lot of folks listening would like to be successful in real estate, and we love to interview folks who had that same idea and went out and did something. Let's welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program, longtime listener, Lo Hornbuckle. How are you, Lo? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me today. Well, we're happy to watch your progress. I think you came to one of our events many years ago and uh, been listening to the show, and uh, you've done an amazing job in the residential assisted living space. So take us through that idea of searching for a niche to invest in and how you found residential assisted living. Sure. Yeah. So I've been to a lot of events, not just, you know, you guys obviously put out great content. And uh, one of the things that was awesome was I got a chance to connect with Gene Garino and the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Went through that course that basically shows you the nuts and bolts on how to just take a regular single family home and turn it into a small assisted living facility. Yep. And so I did that course and just absolutely fell in love with the business, found my passion. And so we've opened uh, 40 beds in the last couple of years. Wow. In the process right now of developing another another 80 bed uh, facility, which will be uh, five 16 bed care homes all on six acres. So a planned care home community. So it accomplishes the scale of a large building, but you have the home-like feel that's so important for the model that we really care about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and this is such an amazing niche, right? Later on the program, we'll hear from Gene specifically because we've seen a lot of folks have success with it, but you've taken it to a pretty good level pretty quickly. So talk about getting through that from going to the point, well, hey, I understand the demographic and this makes sense to me to now putting it together. Sure. Well, I think one of the biggest things that, that worked out well for me was that I was in a position financially where I could just dive in. So I I had a little bit of money saved up and was able to just say, you know what, I can go a year, year and a half without making any money because I'm going to dive right into the business. Yeah. And so I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, if you hear about the 10,000 hour rule where you got to have 10,000 hours and something to be, you know, an expert. Yeah. Uh, I tried to cram like 6,000 hours in a couple of years so I could be most of the way there. Right so, on. Um, really, it was all about diving in the business and, and, and education and then, you know, staying close by to Gene. You know, obviously I've uh, joined the Residential Assisted Living Academy, so I help train students for him as well. Uh, I think that it's nice to have someone that has done what he teaches, has been a student, and I can now give back to the other students, try to help them you know, figure out how to how to scale it so fast. You know, that's a, that's such a great point because there's a lot of folks who think more scarcity mentality. I don't want to give away my best secrets. I don't want to, you know, train competitors. But this is such a huge need in our country and lots of countries sure. and helping other people to make a dent and best practices and all that kind of stuff is a way for you to get better at the same time, right? Well, we say if you want to be good at something and learn more, then teach it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing is for me, you mentioned helping people. I mean, you know, even if you had a scarcity mentality to protect your secrets when your secrets are the key to maybe someone else having a better quality of life. So I know you guys talk a lot about you want to use syndication as a tool to you know get money off Wall Street. I want to use residential assisted living as a tool to keep people out of nursing homes, to keep them out of these institutional environments that they may not be appropriate for. And to be clear, I don't want to be seen as being negative against large box assisted living or being negative against nursing homes. But what I will say is from my experience, there's a lot of people that are placed inappropriately in those facilities. So we feel like we offer an alternative where they can have a home environment, they can have a home cooked meal, you know, and it's more of a boutique type setting as opposed to being, you know, one of 200, one of 400, you know, they're one of eight, they're one of 10. And so 
the caregivers know them on a level that they just can't get in other places. And yeah. So we just really think that we're doing a business that's a good business. You know, as Gene always says, do good and do well. Yeah, and So that's absolutely. a big focus for us. So now getting to the point where you're doing bigger deals, obviously that is a great opportunity to go out and talk to investors and go through syndication. You've been to our two-day course on syndication a couple of times, I think. Um, talk about that part of it. The first time you had to go out and talk to people about putting money in your deal. So I was, uh, I was, I was lucky and I was unlucky in that I had uh, one investor for a very long time. And that's a very good thing, but it also means that uh, sometimes you think it's a lot easier than it is. Right. And uh, my wife actually tells this really funny story. I'm, I'm usually a pretty confident, pretty resilient guy, but the first time I raised capital, I put out my business plan and you know I just assumed all the money would come rolling in. I think the first day she like, found me curled in the fetal position on the floor, like, <laughs> this is harder than I thought it was going to be. But again, we try to surround ourselves with people that know what they're doing. So you guys obviously put a lot of really great content uh, on your syndication events. Uh, and then... You know, for me, what changed uh, with terms of raising investor capital was sort of understanding that you have to get out here and you have to be known and you have to be sort of a brand and an identity. And the way that I kind of discovered the only way for me to do that was to come to events like this. You know, even though I've been to your syndication event, you know, I, the attorney that you guys recommend is the one that I use. I probably don't have to come for the technical education, but I come because the room is filled with a lot of awesome people. So there's people out there that you can find synergy with. There's people that can help you solve a problem that you couldn't solve. And then there's also people that simply want to passively invest. They come to syndication events to get just enough information so they can intelligently invest their money. So, you know, the network that I've found by going to events like yours, by, uh, you know, trying to get as close as possible to, to Ken McElroy, by, you know, how, obviously associating with Gene, it, it really does allow me to um, raise capital in a much easier fashion because people know you, they like you, and they trust you, and then it only becomes about the deal and not having to overcome all those other hurdles associated with the trust and, and things like that. We tend to think that everyone's like us and it's not true, right? right? Uh, there's not everybody who will do the work to learn and to go out there and to put these bigger deals together and to put themselves out and set up syndications. A lot of folks just want to passively invest and that doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just that's the partner that a syndicator needs. Sure. And getting out there and understanding it and getting great at what you do, you know, getting rich in a niche as we say. So good stuff. If you had any advice for someone who was thinking about getting started in syndication and going bigger, and has any trepidation about that, what might you say? Well, for me, it's absolutely 100%. Uh, you know, your network is everything. So you've got to go out and build your network. And when you build your network, everything else will follow from there. So, you know, I've seen people go from not having, not knowing anybody that was an accredited investor to being able to raise millions of dollars in a very short period of time because they committed to figuring out how to help people that have capital and how to help them get a good return, solve a problem for them. And the only way they're gonna do that, they gotta meet them, they gotta to get to know them. So they've gotta start making inroads into communities and networks, they gotta to go to charitable events, they gotta go places that people with money go so that they can you know, associate with them and then help them solve a problem. And if you solve their problem, they'll help solve your problem. There you go, good stuff. Well, we appreciate your time today and the fact that you are spreading the word and telling more folks about uh, all the great promise there is in this. You know, being a, a teacher and, and uh, sharing what you've done is great and we'll uh, hope to catch up and hear about the next great deal you're doing. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. There's Lowe Hornbuckle. We're talking today about success stories when people have had some success and how you can uh, get some great ideas from that. More when we come back, you're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Elms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com.
Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Memphis is famous for being the home of the king of rock and roll, but it's also the king of cash flow. If you're looking for affordable cash flow properties, it's hard to beat Memphis. Get your portfolio rocking and more cash flowing your way by calling Terry Kerr at Mid-South Home Buyers. Terry's the king of turnkey properties. Contact Terry through the resource section at realestateguysradio.com. And be sure to order Terry's tips for turnkey rental property investing report. It's free. Just send your request to turnkey at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Peter Schiff, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. It is almost sold out. There is so little time, but if you really, really, really want to come to the future of money and wealth, and why wouldn't you? Robert Kiyosaki and Kim Kiyosaki live, Peter Schiff, Brian London, Simon Black. More than 400 people will be there, but we can squeeze you in if you're quick. Go to realestateguysradio.com under events. It's our series of shows on profitable niches. And before we get back to more interviews with folks that are doing residential assisted living, it's time to play Real Estate Trivia. Your chance to win a prize by knowing today's Real Estate Trivia question in just a minute. They give you a question, and as soon as you know the answer, you're going to send us your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, your mailing address, and the answer to the question. If you're the first person that gets it right, you win a prize. A copy of Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright. Had Tom on the show a few weeks back, and he's coming to the future of money and wealth to talk about the changes in the tax law and what that means to you as a real estate investor. That's an amazing book. It can be yours if you know today's real estate trivia question. Last week, our profitable niche was mobile home parks. We asked this, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, what was the price of the average new mobile home purchased last year? Well, in 2017, the average mobile home sold for $68,100. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. Which U.S. state has the highest median annual cost of a private one-bedroom unit in an assisted living community? We're talking assisted living today. Which U.S. state has the highest median annual cost for a private one-bedroom unit in an assisted living community? So of all the states, which one do you think is the most expensive? If you know or just want to guess, you can do that by sending an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. First person with the right answer gets a copy of Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright. That's today's Real Estate Trivia Question. We're in our series of opportunities, all kinds of things to look at in real estate investing. And today, we're talking about residential assisted living. And let's meet a person who's actually doing it, real estate investor, Carolyn C.J. Matthews. How are you? 
I'm doing great. I'm really glad to be here, too. We're excited to have you on the show. It's been great to get to know you, and you have a great story about how you got in to this space, assisted living. Of all the things you could do, why residential assisted living? Oh, great question. So I had been looking for an investment that gave me a lot of money without a huge amount of ongoing work. So, look, I was somewhat familiar with real estate because it several, I'm going to say a lot of years ago, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, <laughs> <laughs> but what happened was I did this one time where I was living up in the Northwest and I purchased um, 14 houses in six months with none of my own money and that was my, I loved it and I got gray hair and I was like, I'm never doing this again. I was just like, I'm done with real estate. And I, I'll tell you, it's all, it's an addiction though, because I'd always be looking. I'd always be saying, oh, that, you could buy that. Oh, that'd be a good deal. I could make money on that. But there was a lot of work that went into it. And some people develop teams. And I just wasn't at that space yet. I didn't know enough about what I needed to do. I was still a solopreneur and kind of trying to figure that out. I was pretty young. And then I got into internet marketing, which is online marketing now. I was very early adopter. Yeah. And I was making good money in that. And I was helping companies grow. And, um, you know, my claim to fame was that I worked with a company called Traffic Geyser. So they taught people thousands. We taught thousands of people worldwide how to use video as a as a lead generation tool. Yep. And which went into Kindle and went into other things and I was around in the education part of internet. The thing that was going on during that time also was that I had a lot of health issues. And you know, although I look pretty normal, those health issues were autoimmune. What we now know is as autoimmune issues. So there would be times when I was extremely tired and I needed a specific type of business that if I decided that I needed a little bit of rest time, that it would go on without me. So instead of being a solopreneur, I wanted to be a business owner for real. And I was looking for something. And as I said, real estate is a little addicting. I was at Harvard speaking on sales uh, as an economic issue, you know, being able to fill sales positions um, and how hard that is right now with the millennial group. And I heard Gene Garino speak. And it was like, oh, you know, the angels sing, the choir. And I was like, that is what I want. And it was perfect. Here's why. When you do the work to set it up, you become a business owner and someone else does the act of doing the business. Right. Right? And a lot of us forget. We think we're supposed to be the ones who are busy. We're supposed to be the ones doing all of that. Look, when you get into these privately held companies, the owner comes in at 10, maybe leaves at 2, takes a lot of vacations. It's because they took the risk, they built the business, and they built it so that they had an exit strategy and it would run without them. That's a true business. So for me, it was very important for me to build that so that if I couldn't make it to work that day because of health issues, the business would still run without me. And it was perfect for that. It involved real estate, and it involved making a really good net profit on each residential assisted living home that you made. Now, it's not for everybody, because you also have to have a heart. So you look, you like real estate? Great. It's perfect for you. You like making money? Great. It's perfect for you. You're willing to put in the work on the front end, and it's work on the front end. It's perfect for you. If you don't have a heart for people um, that are 
uh, the, you know, they're about to go over the rainbow and they need care and um, they're an important part of our history and, and in who they are, this might not be perfect for you. And sometimes that, that happens. I've seen some people that it's just not a good fit. Such a good point because it, the more congruent it, any real estate endeavor is with you, the more you'll stay at it. And this is an interesting story. Thanks for your, your candor that you were looking based on this idea that I don't want to put more and more hours and I don't want to work harder. It's a way to work smarter. And right in line with that is the fact that you didn't have to come up with all the money. You syndicated the money. So talk about that process, going to people to raise money for an assisted living project. Right. So we, I didn't know how to syndicate. You know, my my idea of raising money was a couple of friends or something like that. Well, these projects, uh, we're in Las Vegas, and I have two business partners, and and we had a big old project. You know, real estate's expensive. Construction is expensive. It's more so than other areas in the nation. And so we were dealing with big numbers. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, I just need 20000 down and I'm in. It wasn't going to work that way for us. And all of a sudden, there was like a bunch of extra zeros, or it seemed so at the time. Right. And this is the interesting thing. I came, you know, I was looking around, and Gene Greeno knows you guys. He's been interviewed by y'all. And he said, yeah, you, you should go to syndication, because if you're going to do more than one of these deals, which we were as National Platinum Group, you know, we knew that we needed to do more than one. And we needed to do a few deals. Um, we were going to need money. And he's like, you're going to have to syndicate. And I'm like, what's syndication? You know, I was like, yeah. is this a mafia thing? What is that? <laughs> yeah, now I know it's what it is. And then you're gathering up money and you're doing it all right. And so I came to the Secrets of Syndication in March of 2017. And by... I guess it would be October of 2017, by, by attending the, the seminar and working with you all, I had raised the money that I needed, which was $900,000. Awesome. And when I say I, I want to say we, which is my two business partners uh, and myself. Well, and this is great because uh, the, the idea of investing in an assisted living home, a, sm- a smaller home, doesn't mean you have to go raise money, but you took on a pretty substantial project. And so having to look at a new product type, a new business, and raising money, one of the great ways you're able to accomplish that, of course, is with partners. So talk about that part of the business. How do you work with partners so that it's more and not tugging at, at, at it, right? It's more, not less. Yeah. So I definitely, um, I had known my two business partners for quite some time um, before we decided to go into business and they loved real estate and I loved real estate. And I'm like, y'all need to look at this and let's do it together. And that was the first thing. But for me, I was choosing people that I knew had drive and also had a skill set that I didn't have. So even though I'm the person that goes out and raises the money, they analyze the deals for me because they're good at it. And we're, you know, examine what your weak spots are. That doesn't mean you're dumb. Doesn't mean you don't know how to do it. It just means they're just way better at it. And and it gets done faster. You're developing a team and a, and a group of leadership around you that allows you to accelerate. You work synergistically and it allows you to accelerate your success. It really does. I don't think I would be where I'm at. I know I wouldn't be without those two guys. And I'm thankful for them. And we get stuff done. And with partners, look, you're going to, it's like a marriage. And sometimes, you know, you might have a little fight here and there. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, 
the whole point is that you're on the same goal, you're set, you're set for the same direction, and you know what you want to accomplish. But I mean, I really want to put in here, I'm, you know, look, I, I drank the Kool-Aid, as you say, because learning syndication from y'all was one of those things where it was a life changer. I can go out and do any deal I want right now. And I remember thinking, I started raising for $600,000, and I thought, oh, I will, that is like going to be so hard. Right. I don't know what I'm doing and, and all that. And just by, you know, coming to syndication and, lear- and then also being in the SMC and the inner circle, what that created for me was a, a strong ability to go out and take bigger risks of asking for money because it felt risky to me. It felt scary to me. I felt, you know, I've joked around that it, it just felt like I was, like it was on fire and I was hot and I don't know if I'm in the right building. And, you know, that it just walking over glass. I don't know. It just was like, oh. And then I got to the other side and I'm like, oh, well, that wasn't so bad. I would have done it, but I don't think I would have done it I, I know I would not have done it as fast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and a big yeah. part of it is collapsing time frames. Mm-hmm. This is a huge need. That's what's mm-hmm. really interesting about this particular niche for us as we look at residential assisted living because of the demographics as a huge need and it solves a problem. And so having a heart for people, as you talked about, you really, if you're going to make an impact, you're going to have to do more. And you've gotten this this awesome deal under your belt. So now what's next? What's that? What's the next plan for uh, continuing in this? Well, we currently, um, one of the things we had been trying to do was to purchase homes that were already in um, business from people who are retiring out. There's a large population that have been doing this um, in a certain way for about 20 to 30 years. And they're getting older. They're getting to a space where they probably need to be in the home pretty soon. And so we look for those deals, um, you know, primarily in Nevada right now, but also Texas. And we are buying those um, in groups. What's fascinating to me is now that we've done one deal, the connections that I made are fascinating because now they, the people that I know now, is it's almost like my deals are too small for them. Right. They're like, oh, well, we have $10 million to deploy um, do you have anything? I'm like, uh, well, I've got a three million. Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's so funny that I've gone from this overwhelming feeling of less than a million dollars, like, oh, no, to, you know, a three million dollar deal. And I know that I'm not going to have a problem funding that to where I could do bigger if I really wanted to. I could do a series of homes and um, the whole world has opened up for me. And what I love about residential assisted living is that as we purchase these homes or develop these homes, we're changing the world, our, our world, our United States, the way that we get care. I'm not a big box person, as we call them, because they're, look, I don't want to live in another apartment. I want, for me, and look, I'm on the tail end of the baby boomers, <laughs> so I'm sort of giving away my age, but I went through this with my grandparents. I went through this with family members. And that's one of the reasons I was attracted to it, because I wanted something bigger. And when I say bigger, I don't mean like in size, but fuller, more fulfilling for end of life, not only for my family, but for myself and for other people. And this allows me the opportunity to change that and change an industry for the better. 
One of the challenges with this space is it's a little more complicated than traditional real estate. As you mentioned, there's the business component, but of course, that's what Gene does. Tell us about Gene's training from a person that sat in the room and, and, and listened to it. Sure. So um, I had he has an online training, which is very good, and then he has a live training. Now, I'm going to recommend the live training. The reason for that is because for you to get a full-on picture of how all this works, one of the things that Gene does, you go in, you have three days, and you're in for three days, and he covers the basics, and then he covers the nuances, which is very important in this business. And if you've done real estate before, sometimes you have these preconceived notions of how things are supposed to happen in real estate, and we need to fix that a little bit for you. You know, yeah. when you come in, just know, come in with an open mind, understanding that what the history that you have in real estate will also serve you well, but don't think it's the only way to do business. The big thing about the three-day is that you get a bus tour. And that bus tour is like, it makes everything real. It makes it so that you know what you're getting into. You see little bits and pieces. And all of a sudden, you know you can do this. You just keep the faith. I have a lot of friends in the business, and some people took the course, and within three months they had a home, and they were they were getting started rocking and rolling. And then there's other people, closer to myself, that took the course and had more to learn, and but they kept the faith, and now they've got three, four houses within two years. And many of these houses, I think people forget. One of the beautiful things is in other real estate, you buy and hold or you fix and flip, and then you have to do it again. But if you buy and hold, a lot of times you're not getting $5,000 a month on one house. Right. You know, you're... Most times you're right, not. right. We wish. But this house, you do that. And it becomes, you do the house, and if you could get $5,000 net net, would you be interested? Hell yeah. <laughs> and um, and that was a beautiful thing because I could calculate that out. And I also knew that I was creating a business that I didn't have to be on site every day to make it function. There's Carolyn C.J. Matthews. Thanks so much for sharing your story and continued success to you. Thank you so much. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. We're talking about residential assisted living. When we come back, I'm your host, Robert Helms. Hi, this is Steve Forbes. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Have fun. You'll learn something. This portion of The Real Estate Guys radio program is brought to you by International Coffee Farms, where you can own a parcel of land in your very own specialty coffee farm in Panama for as little as $15,000. Here's how it works. Deeded half-acre parcels entitled Specialty Coffee Farms in Boquete, Panama are turnkey managed professionally on your behalf by a team of local experts. Sustainable average income is estimated at 12% and cash flow can begin within 12 to 15 months from the date of your parcel ownership. International Coffee Farms' mission is to own and operate specialty coffee farms that are economically, environmentally, and socially sustainable. As part of this mission, 20% of the gross profits of each farm is committed to a socially sustainable fund to improve the lives of the Panamanian coffee farm workers and their families. International Coffee Farms currently owns and operates nine specialty coffee farms with half-acre parcels available for immediate ownership. To find out how you can become a coffee farm owner in Paquete, Panama, email coffee at realestateguysradio.com. That's coffee at realestateguysradio.com. 
Hi, this is Donald Trump, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. Great to hear from all these folks who are actually doing the thing. One of our favorite things is when we meet people who aren't just learning about real estate, but they're doing it, and lots of great success stories today. And uh, what they all had in common was the same mentor. Let's say hello to Mr. Gene Garino. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good to see you again. Good to hear you again. It's always good to see you, and it's great to hear your students having real success doing the real thing. That's got to feel great. It does. I love it. I was so excited to get to this part where I've been doing it, now sharing with others and seeing them do it, and then getting to the next part where then they show others how to do it. It's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, people in our show, they probably heard uh, what you do and now understanding, you know, the whole assisted living side, but um, paint just a big picture. Some of the students have talked about the demographics, but this is undeniable demographic information. I was looking at a chart earlier today, and it's just incredible to see this wall, this wall of humanity. I call it the silver tsunami of seniors, and it's coming. There's no way to get around it. I always tell people, you're going to get involved in assisted living one way or the other. The question is how? And right now, you got a chance to choose real estate, business, or just check in and be a customer or a client. Yeah, and there's so many different ways to get involved. That's the other thing about this. It's not like, well, I have to go run this facility. Talk about the different ways people get involved because your students don't always approach it the same way. Some of them just do the real estate, which the real estate guys, you know that. You all understand real estate, the investment aspect of it, and that's great. And then some do just the business. They're the operators. Our students tend to do both, the real estate and the business combined. And then the other group would be the investors, the ones that just want to write a check, be a part of it, but just really be passive in the background getting a great rate of return, yet being involved in this opportunity. Yeah, there's a lot of flexibility also. Maybe you start in one way, right? I might put some money in somebody's deal and kind of get the, the bug about it. But I think there's this attraction, no matter which side it is, that the numbers are big and the economies of scale. And if you look at any rental opportunity of putting people together, let's say I had an eight-unit apartment building and I've got eight tenants. Okay, well, the rents over time are going to increase and that's going to get my you know monthly income up. But when you have eight seniors living in a property together, which is a lot better gig for them, there's communication and the social aspect, but they're getting the care. The rent is so much higher. Yeah, and it, but it's different. And you know this, we've had lots of conversations. It's not just rent and a cap rate, it's a service that we're providing. So there's real estate involved, but there's a business involved. The question is, which part do you participate in? But that average person living in that average home is three, four, five, six, eight thousand dollars a month. And that's a lot of money coming into the house. If there's 10 or 12 residents, the cash flow is off the chart. The expenses are higher, but that home, when it's all said and done, all expenses, all real estate, all the everything involved you're still netting 10 or 12 or 15 or more thousand dollars a month from a single family home now there are other ways to do that with single family homes but they're mostly illegal so we really we really like the fact that and this is one of the interesting That's things not all bad now robert come on <laughs> The fact that you have students in lots of different places, right? And uh, we recently were able to hear you speak in Dallas. And, of course, you knew what the Texas law was. It's different in Arizona where you are. And, of course, you teach your class in Arizona because a big part of the class is people get to go out and actually see it up close and personal. But how do you tell and how do you know what the different jurisdictions allow? Well, that itself is actually easier than people think. You need to know where to look and you need to know what you're looking for. So if I were to say to somebody, go to the Internet and go to Google and put DHS, Department of Health Services, in the name of your state, it's going to get you to a .gov website. Now, 
start digging because yeah. it's great. There's so much information. Now you got to go find it. So it's all good, but we show our students exactly what it is they need to know and more importantly, what to call it. Because if you're in a state where they call it assisted living facility, that's great. But if you walk into a state that calls it a personal care home or an RCFE in California, and you say, hey, we're going to open an assisted living facility in a neighborhood, they'll throw you out and say, you can't do it. You need to know what the terms are and how it's done. Yeah, and really the whole thing is about education. The first thing is to get your mind around the what, what it is, which is you've got this ability to have a single family home that brings in greater income by providing a greater service and the numbers really work. That's the first part. Number next is, for me, evidence of success. Are people doing it? Is it just Gene that's doing it or are the people doing it? Well, we know thousands of people follow this model and it, and it works. And so then the thing becomes, okay, now how do I want to play? And I love this segment that we're doing because my students are even doing better and bigger and nicer and, and I'm loving it because I'm their biggest fan. I want to see them really grow this thing and take it to the next level. So where do you start? I want you to get education. I want you to learn what to do and what not to do before you go bang your head against the wall and make mistakes. That's where you should start. But you can start on the financing side, just being investors, syndication. That's what you are very good at doing, helping people learn how to raise capital. This is a great way to raise capital. Easiest place I've ever raised capital for assisted living. Great topic. So we can start there. It could be on the caregiver side, but I don't want to go there. That's not me. It's not people listening, I don't think. But the idea of owning the business, and by the way, it's a business that you can sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars, as well as the real estate on top of that. Right. So it's this a real is, big bonus. This is great. It's independent of the real estate. And I know the way you structure yours, uh, and you'll learn this in, in the education, is that there is uh, the the very valid way of, of running the business yourself if you want to. But even if you decide to do that, owning the real estate separately, separate LLC, separate company from the business would allow you the flexibility to sell the whole thing or just sell the business and keep the real estate or sell the real estate, keep the business. Absolutely, the asset protection aspect, the the income and the taxation perspective of it, and then the flexibility of it really gives you the trifecta of what we're all looking for as investors and entrepreneurs. All right, if you're interested in the idea, we're gonna tell you how to get more information on what Gene does. But for today's show, what I really wanna focus on is we heard from your students who have gone on to do the thing. Most of these students, of course, are also learning to syndicate the deals and raise the money uh, through our program. But you've seen a lot of folks come to the education, get excited about it, take the course, and then some do and some don't. So what are the distinctions that you've seen for the people that actually get it done? I think it really comes down to your why. What's your purpose, what's your reason? If, if it's not strong enough, you're not gonna do whatever it takes. Whatever roadblocks comes is your excuse, your, your way out, your, your excuse to give up and lay down and say, I'm done. And I think if your why is strong enough, you'll get through whatever that is. So for me, it wasn't just making money, that's not that strong. Money, right. I can make that doing lots of different things. But mom, when she needed help, that's strong. And when you realize that my choices for getting help for mom are pretty sad and, and scary and pathetic all at the same time, it's like, wow, I can be part of a solution that tens of millions of people need. That's the do good parts. We talk about do good, do well. We're doing good and making money, doing very well. You know, we talked to Lowe today, of course, who's been amazing to watch uh, his, his career. And he made the comment off the mic that he feels like now he has 20 grandmas. I know. I love that comment <laughs> because Lowe is, and I love 
love you, Lowe, but you're a, more of a stern businessman. But when he when I asked him what do you really like the most, he said, it feels like I've got 20 new grandmas. What a what a cool feeling. And it really is like that. One of the best parts about what I do is I'm not at the homes often. I, I'm a business owner that I manage the manager. I'm not there maybe once a month, maybe once every other month. But if I go, I want to I want to talk to the residents once in a while. And sometimes you sit and have a conversation and I'm getting to know that person better than maybe their own grandkids are. And that is great for me, but kind of sad on their part because they're missing that. But that's part of the do good part that we have an opportunity to be a part of. What's great about the education is it's not just theory because you've been doing it, but it's not just your best practices and the forms and the things they need to know. You actually get them on a bus, you get them out to the homes. Talk about that part, people going through and seeing the rubber meet the road. You know this part, the context for the content. And I love it because I wish somebody gave me that opportunity to show it to me from the inside out. And we start off the whole three-day training by saying, look, is it okay with you if we show you the good, the bad, and the ugly? And they all say yes. And we love that part because I want you to be aware of what you're doing, what you're going to see, what's good and bad and ugly about it. And somebody may say, that doesn't bother me at all. And somebody else may say, well, that part bothers me. Well, that's great. I need you to know it all before you begin this process. And by showing that to you in real life at my homes, and you get to see my homes, my manager, my caregivers, and the residents, it really becomes real. All right, well, Gene has a lot of great information about this, and he could literally go on for three days, because he does. If you'd like to find out about that and uh, learn more about this space, which is fascinating, just send an email to ALF. That's Assisted Living Facility, A-L-F, ALF, at realestateguysradio.com. Coming up uh, right around the corner, you and your lovely wife are coming back again for the Investor Summit at Sea. So excited. I got to tell you, every time I come, I'm excited. But I signed up last year, the moment you said, can we, it's like, yes, I'm in, because I booked the whole year around. It. I make the schedule so that whatever I do comes around that because it's it's really when you first said this it's going to be something you can't even imagine it's true I, I know you try to tell people what it's all about but you can't right. those of you listening who haven't been and want to come just do it and then ask yourself later was it worth it you're gonna say absolutely yes I was a silly person for not doing this before but it is it can be literally life-changing one relationship can make the difference between whatever it is you're doing and whoever it is you become in the future really do it I'm I can't say enough about it. Yeah, so if you want to find out about this space and really, you know, not only if you come on the summit will you get to meet and hang out with Gene, but you'll also get to talk to many of the people that we heard from today and some other folks that are doing the thing. The big thing is that it's one thing to dream and hope about real estate. It's one thing to say, I'm, I want to go do the, but doing it. And that was what we want to highlight today is that people really are having success. And uh, big hats off to you for creating an, an environment where people learn and they're able to actually do it. Well, thank you for letting me be a part of your world and just sharing this with other people through you. So thank you for that. Absolutely. That's Gene Garino. You can find out more about what he does by sending an email to ALF, Assisted Living Facility, ALF, at realestateguysradio.com. More will come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio Program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise 
days or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Hi, this is Doug Casey, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Oh my gosh, what a fun show, what a fun group of folks, and you wouldn't believe this many people are excited about all these old people. No, it's great. It's, again, you know, the the business model and the demographics are really hard to argue with, and uh, when you look at the financial model, I mean, that's that's crazy. And the thing that's great that I really appreciate about Gene, you know, I found Gene by going out looking for people who were interesting um, in their spaces. You went out looking? Gene didn't knock no, on your Gene door? No, Gene did not. Gene did not. In fact, uh, we, we had that, you know, the, when we met Donald Trump before he was, you know, president or president uh, candidate Trump, uh, the next day I was on a plane and you were down to Belize and I went into Dallas and I was uh, checking out a, a show and Gene was there speaking. And I saw him speak and I thought, wow, this guy has not only got a great idea, but but he's a great teacher. But, you know, a lot of people can speak, but they're not the real deal. So my wife and I went into Phoenix and we met with Gene and then I attended his three-day workshop and we went in and physically toured his properties, the ones that he owns. I went, wow, the guy eats his own cooking. He walks his talk. He's teaching out of a real-world experience, not something he did 20 years ago. So I thought that was great. Well, then the next level is, is when people in our world from our listening audience go and engage a guy like that and then they come and have success like the people we've met today – now we know, wow, this is working. And so we thought it would be great to highlight this for everybody and, uh, and tell you we've enjoyed our relationship with Gene. They come on the summit at sea. Gene uh, and his wife, Mona, have been a part of that for the last several years. And he's, uh, he's a fun guy to hang out with. But the most important thing is he really cares about his students and he wants to see them be successful. And I love that about him. You know, it's interesting. We don't keep track of our listeners when where they decide to engage. You know, I mean, we can definitely make connections sometimes, but basically our job job is to educate, inform, and show people resources. But we asked Gene, hey, are people having success? And he says, well, how about if I send you a list of some people that came from your audience that are actually doing the thing? And it was a long list. Yeah. It was a lot of people. So we had to curate it down to the folks you heard today. We could do three more shows with folks who are actually doing the thing. So that gives us great hope. And big thanks to Gene for appearing on the program as well. It's our series of different asset classes in real estate. Your mission is to listen to them and decide, hey, what's going to work for me? One asset class does not fit all sizes in real estate. It's up to you. So actually, you know, if you're interested in learning more about what Gene does and getting connected with him, if you send an email to ALF, A-L-F. Assisted Living Facility. Like Assisted Living Facilities at realestateguysradio.com. We'll send that back to you with a link on how you can watch a, a webinar that tells you a little bit more about Gene and, and his whole program. Yeah, you got a little sample of Gene today, but you'll get a full in-depth briefing and he's such a good teacher. Big thanks to Gene Garina for being on the program today and all the students wish you continued success next week another asset class. Until then, go out and make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers. Low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct. Asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. 
to learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.